What have you been doing today? Um, I. Have you been at Have you been at school or have you been? Uh, no, it's, it's I'm off today and tomorrow. Oh, it's a weekend, because isn't it? Because I'm not have at. at... I know. I forgot what day it was. It's so Saturday. Was yeah, no, I forgot. It was Saturday. I thought it was Friday for some reason. <laughs> and have you been a good girl for your dad? Yes. Yeah. What have you been doing? Tell me what you've been playing. I've been playing Roblox. Oh, I've never played that. Are you going to show me how to play that? You can't see in real life. No, but maybe I'll come in to see you soon. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Right. And then you can show me. Spell seven for your uncle Paul. Okay. S-E-V-E-N. Oh, wow. Well done. That was very good. Say <gasps> hi to Ernie for me. Say hi to Ernie for me. No. Uncle Paul, uh, are you Uncle Paul again? I am Uncle Paul, yes. Yeah. Uncle Ernie, Uncle Paul said hi. Ernie said hi. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Movie Chef podcast where we make a meal out of movies. I'm your host, Tebs. Joined with me is my executive host, Calm, all the way from sunny, sunny Northern Ireland. Clear some phlegm there. <laughs> yeah, cheers for that. I can always tell when you go on mute and you kind of just silently choking to yourself. While you... <laughs> How are you I'm, feeling? I'm feeling a lot better. Uh, I've got yep. my usual voice back and yeah, feeling okay, but still got a lot of phlegm. I what have I done this week? I've I've been out and about this week. I was supposed to go to the Leeds Ice Hockey last Sunday, and I woke up on Sunday morning and I thought, you know what, I don't want to do tonight. <laughs> Sit in a freezer watching people ice skate. So I just, uh, but I went to the Rugby League World Cup in Doncaster last week. Okay, uh, Rugby France League versus World Greece. Okay, yep, Rugby League World Cup is it? Uh, France versus Greece. Awful lot of children in the crowd. Very cheap tickets. I thought you were going to say, oh, we a lot of kids playing. I should that's not fair. <laughs> that's not fair, having grown men, like, battering me kids on the, on the pitch. And you know what? We were, f- I were fully behind Greece by the end. I was loving it. Scored the very first try. We were cheering and everything. You scored I, it? I just, I, I, no, I didn't. Oh, right, <laughs> we, right. I joined the Greeks. I joined the Greeks for an evening. I became a Greek for an evening. But uh, what else have I done? And I've got... Um, uh, no, I was going to say something about work, so no, we don't do that. But anyway, so yeah, everything's cool. Everything's very positive at the minute. Very positive. Good. I think. Yeah, I think we need a bit of positivity in the world. Hmm. I'd fucking do it at the minute. Jesus Christ. You, by the way, you need <laughs> to be ready because we have just decided that in two weeks. Oh yeah. I, I am coming home spiritually i'm, I'm coming to see coming you coming out so you better get the part it's coming up sorry coming up Paul's yeah. not coming out Paul's not coming out i am two weeks time i am coming out um i'm gonna be landing in Bel- belfast belfast we'll, west Ross. we are gonna, we are gonna be mean? together we're gonna be together for one night baby mm-hmm. for one, one night, night one night one night in lisburn calm and tebs live in your living room together and we're going to have a very, 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 very special episode. 
Yes, but we're not going to say what it is just yet. <laughs> it is something. It is something we do every time we get together, and unfortunately, it always ends in tears. Think about, ladies and gentlemen. Think about the most perfect way to do an audio podcast medium. Mm-hmm. It's not that. Yeah, <laughs> it's, definitely it's not. It's completely the opposite. Anyway, so that's what's coming up. Um, right, let's quickly get trailers out the way. Spirited, Ryan Reynolds, Will Ferrell, Christmas, mm-hmm. Apple TV, comedy, hoo-ha. <laughs> no. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm not I've there. I've got to say, no, you know what, I... I I like Will Ferrell's stick sometimes in small mm-hmm. doses. Yeah. I like Ryan Reynolds' stick in small doses. They seem no. to be good friends. No, no you don't. I know they you seem don't. to be good friends. What kind of bullshit are you trying to mop up there? Like I think I think well, good friends. Well, twenty five million will be in this movie. Yes, Ryan, thirty million will be in this movie. Yes. Oh, they're great mates. They love starring together. I think I think they're um, but it does make up for the fact that Ryan Reynolds isn't going to be, as we just said last week in R.I.P.D. Two: Rise of the Damned, uh, is it actually turns out it's a prequel. It's graceful. And did you did you say you're not going to be watching this unless uh, Jeff Bridges win it? Yeah, I'm not watching unless Jeff Bridges is I'm simple as simple okay. as that. No, no, it'd be a, would, they, would they do like a Tron? No, nope, they're doing a stick Jeffrey Donovan in place of Jeff Bridges who's, as a young. Who's Jeffrey Donovan? Uh, Burn Notice. It looks like a guy that I used to work with. <gasps> oh, hold on. Yes, I do know what that guy looks like. Yeah. So Jeffrey Donovan is playing Sheriff Roy Pulsifer uh, and then a bunch of stuff in the Wild West. So, yeah, that's happening. Um, but so spirited Christmas film, you're not you're not interested. You're not, not interested. There's be, only one Christmas movie that was up. ever made. There's only one Christmas movie that was ever good and ever made. That was Santa Claus the movie. Get Muppets over it. Christmas Carol. No, nope. oh. Santa Claus the movie. Get over it. Muppets Christmas Carol. We'll discuss that closer to Christmas, me thinks. Um, so, news. Let's do this, because we've got a very busy episode, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we have got a very busy episode. What we're going to be doing is this week, we're going to be discussing the news, as we always do. Um, we're going to be doing uh, covering the question that was at the end of the Movie Chef Pod quiz last week's episodes. Uh, we left you with a question that we're going to answer, so we're going to do that. Uh, we're also going to be having a wine list that's been gone for a while. We have, we've got a lot to wine about <laughs> this week. Um, and then we're going to be discussing Werewolf by Night, the Marvel new special feature, one-shot sh- uh, TV feature. There will be more. There will be TV more. Movie. Oh, there's going to be loads. I think they're going to start going like, uh, they were going to have Har- Agatha Harkness have her own series and i think looking at what the response has been to ms marvel and stuff like that i think they're just going to change them into one-off like 50 minute episodes of tv it's cheaper you introduce your characters anyway we'll come on to that Uh, and then we are going to be finally discussing death to smoochie the movie that made what you are listening to today or did it (sighs) or did it did you've just lost your roots all i'm gonna say is if the guy that used to sell me weed is listening, please get in touch because it must have been some strong shit for me to have found that film funny back then. You're son of a bitch. Absolute son of a bitch. What news have we got this week then? What what news? Can you remember? Because my phone isn't opening up just yet. No. No, we're oh. so well prepared for this. Um, what I want to discuss is, first of all, Florence Pugh has uh, signed a contract with Marvel to star in another two films, uh, presumably the Thunderbolts and maybe Captain America, New World Order, I'm not sure, but it's been reported that she signed an eight-figure deal 
to star as uh, Yelena in another two films. So eight figures we're talking north of 10, 10 million. Or just easily. 10 million. They could have just said 10 million. They could have said 10 million. But I mean, apparently the, the salaries of before of 10, 20, 25 million for one star, unless your name's Tom Cruise, are out the window because unless it's a superhero film, you're not really guaranteed to make those kind of monies back these yeah, days. makes sense. But, but to say they got rid of Terence Howard by not wanting to give him, what, two million? Yeah. And then they got rid of, they, they signed Robert Downey Jr. for like 40 grand and, and then paid him yeah. another 100 million afterwards. And gave him, what, a percentage of the last two movies? Yeah, I think they've learned the lesson with that one, and they're saying we know you're gonna we're gonna make money. Is a big chunk of change up front because you're gonna be in this. Is Florence Pugh a ticket seller? Um, if you were watching, if you knew um, Captain America Four were coming, and you're like, I'm not sure about this. Florence Pugh's in it. I am definitely booking my seat. Is see, she that kind of needle turner? I don't think. I don't think it's about the actor anymore. I think it's about the character. It's about you know what the character can bring to it. You know, is 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 Benishmack Schmunkdashak? Is he worth fucking twenty million a movie? No. Is Doctor Strange worth twenty million a movie? Yeah. And now he is Doctor Strange. Now she is Yelena. Yeah. And, so and, she, and it's just—it's all down to the character now. But to be putting that kind of money behind somebody relatively new to the franchise, relatively new to celebrity and and being a a-list actor. That's a lot of money to be to be fine away. So they must be sure of it. Let's or be, let's, they must let's just be honest. To tie it down. Yeah, let's be honest. Each movie will make upwards of three hundred million. So five million. Oh, and the rest in for each movie. Aye. Yeah. Yeah. Aye. Yeah. Let's do it. Well, somebody somebody who is probably commanding it, those eight figures is Harrison Ford that has joined the MCU, which I'm delighted about. But he's been really? recast as. Does anybody? Yeah. Does anybody? Does anybody go to a movie? Yeah. Does anybody go to a movie nowadays? Going, oh yeah, Harrison Ford. What was no, the last? But, what was the last movie? Right. What was the last movie? Not a franchise that you were excited to go see that had Harrison Ford in it. Stay away from the internet. Get your fucking hands off um, that keyboard. <laughs> and if you say Hollywood homicide, I'm gonna reach for you across the screen and stab you in right. the eyeball. Okay. We all know what the answer is. I remember. It's the fugitive. I remember. It's, 1990, it's 1993's Fugitive. All right, Air Force One. I was, I was looking forward to that. But what, 1997 wasn't Air Force One? Well, no, but it's not that kind of actor, though, is it? It's 25 kind of years he's, ago was the last time you franchi- got excited by a Harrison Ford movie no, 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 that no, wasn't no, a franchise. But, but you could say that then. He's a franchise actor. Indiana Jones, fucking Star Wars, fucking everything. Yeah, he's he's your, your argument there was Harrison Ford. Harrison, yeah, but your argument there was Harrison Ford could command twenty to twenty-five million a movie. We fucking can't. No. Uh, okay. Harrison Ford I, is on on scale. <laughs> what like <laughs> five quid for turning up, Harrison, to keep yourself going? Maybe a bit but more. Look, Maybe a bit more. Well, he's already signed up for Captain America: New World Order as Thunderbolt Ross taking over from William Hurt. And then that's obviously going to lead into the Thunderbolts, uh, which is the the Suicide Squad-esque team of Marvel bad guys who Ross uh, brings together. So I'm kind of glad that they've recast the part after William Hurt's died, rather than sort of saying, here's a new 
somebody from the CIA or whatever, and we're just going to call the team the Thunderbolts in his honour. It leaves things open, such as Red Hulk and things like this. I mean, come on, don't tell me you're not excited for seeing Harrison Ford turn into Red Hulk at some point. Not the potential of that. Harrison oh, Ford. Dead. Harrison you're just Ford dead behind the is, eyes. Fuck off. He's Shut 352 up. years old. Right. You're a Mr. Popastad. I know I am. How, how can you do a movie podcast and not ex- get excited about the thought of Indiana Jones turning into a Hulk? Because he's 387 years old. That's why. I, su- I suppose you're the one of the type of guys who wants a, tr- a sequel to Twister. Well, of course. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> well, you're getting one. Hey! How to stop? Hey! How to stop? How to stop an argument in twelve seconds? <laughs> well, apparently on the as way long as of, Helen uh, Hunt's in it, as long as Helen Hunt's in it, I am okay. Well, apparently we're getting a, a sequel potentially called Twisters. Oh God! Um, Did you know what that went through? Through the rigmarole. <laughs> What the uh, the Revenant, the Mark Smith has been written t- has written a script that report- reportedly focuses on the daughter of Hunt's Joe Hardin and Paxton's Bill Hardin. The hope is for Hunt to make an appearance. It's a legacy sequel. Mm. We're not going to get Phil- Philip Seymour Hoffman showing up. Oh. Obviously, we're not getting Bill Paxton showing up. Um, Do you know what the the, the- Carrie Elwes has died in the first one? Mm-hmm. So who have we got left to show? Helen Hunt. And again, sorry, but let's go back to the oh, Harrison she'll Ford be, argument. She'll be the 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 auntie at the house, won't she? But they all go and see. She's yes. the cool kind of girl with the wind, and she'll have on. wind chimes up. Yes. yes, yeah, it'll be her now, and she'll serve them steaks. And yeah, yeah. yeah. And if that doesn't happen, then for Jesus, we need uh, we need new Hollywood. But that's got to happen. Um, so Twister's getting a sweet girl. Yay! Um, people getting money. French cinema. When oh, did bonjour. we last speak about French cinema? Now, Try not to be racist this oui, time. Oui, oui, bonjour. Well, Comment the French. <laughs> Je m'appelle Dibs. Je um, m'appelle a comic. Apparently the French have got a bit uptight and snooty with Disney. Which, can you believe that about the French? Oh, do you know what? Um, do you know what, you Brit? Leave the French alone. The French are fucking great. It's just you fucking are, Brits. That just, they're yeah, they're, they're brilliant fact, people. No. They just hate, fact, they just hate no. Jews. I'm trying to think of the last good interaction I had with a Frenchman. I was in Bordeaux and I had many great interactions with the French. I was in Lille and you I were, had many. You were surrounded. No, you were surrounded by pissed up Irish people putting money across bars and I'm shops. Right. Of course right. they loved you. And we were cleaning the streets. <laughs> Any, the, the, do you know what the thing is about football tournaments as well? The more misbehaving that England is, the more non-misbehaving the Irish are because we just want to show you up every single time. <laughs> it's not yeah, about it's, it's not about being like, nice. <laughs> no, you're you're your younger brother, so you get this right. So your, your older brother does something wrong, so you start mm. immediately doing something right. We're going to stop that analogy right there, right? That that there is any connection between <laughs> England and Ireland. We're going to stop it right there. <laughs> No, we're the older brother, and that. you're the younger brother. Why are we the younger brother, Paul? No. Why, would that, why would that be? If you listen to me, okay, what I'm sorry. saying is in that in football tournaments, England are their older brother out there fucking up, and you lot sit there as a the younger brother going, "Oh, we're just going to clean up and we'll put money. Oh, we're so good, we're so good." And then you get your pictures in paper and make us look bad. Damn right, and get the freedom yeah, okay. of Paris. Get the freedom of Paris. 
Oh, I'm, I'm still waiting for my. I'm still waiting you know for what? my medal. Well, okay. When was the last time you were in Paris? 2016. Because um, my friend at work has told me something very <laughs> recently about Paris. Now I want to get it up. It's called Paris syndrome. Have you ever mm-hmm. heard of this? I, I do. You know what? I vaguely yes. Paris syndrome. Apparently, it's especially felt by it's Chinese. Jap- and it's South Japanese. Asian yeah, tourists. it's Asian. It's Japanese. Yes, Japanese I remember tourists, this. Yeah. So it's called Paris syndrome, where it's a sense of extreme disappointment exhibited by some individuals when visiting Paris who feel that the city was not what it expected. The condition is commonly viewed as a severe form of culture shock. Yeah. And apparently, like Japanese tourists are going home after visiting Paris, the lifelong dream, and they're in like depression and they're having counseling because Paris was shit. You see, I get I that because the first time I went to Paris, um, we obviously the, you, you get bombarded by the Champs Elysees and you know the Eiffel Tower and the Arc de Triomphe and all this stuff, and you see all this beauty. And we were staying in the most rundown hotel. Uh, that you have ever seen in your entire life. And it was kind of like, wow, I didn't know France was like this. Like, I didn't know that there was this CD under. But then you kind of look at, you know, the way that I always look at it is if you, you look at the past artists who've been in Paris, like they lived in squalor for years. And you look and you go, well, yeah, obviously yeah. that ma- that makes sense. But all I can say is what, the interactions that I have with anybody in France were unbelievable. The French people are amazing. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I refer you back to Jim Mini Cricket from a few weeks ago. Um, <laughs> One bad experience, and that is it. <laughs> you're off my list. You're <laughs> off my list. So anyway, French, the French government have got pissed off with Disney because France have got a very tight window for the releases of films from cinema coming to home streaming. It's 17 months. So if you're in a situation in France where a film comes out, and if you don't catch it at the cinema... Legally, you have to wait 17 months until it shows up on Disney, Netflix, whatever, to protect the French film industry and to protect the French cinema industry. And now, obviously, Disney are pushing this 45-day window that they've got in the UK, and I think it's in America as well, where literally the Black Panther is going to be out on the 7th of November, I think it is, and they want it on home streaming by Christmas. Right. It's, and cinemas over here are desperate to survive, so they'll say, yeah, we need it. We need Black Panther. We need it fast. Um, but France were very st- sticking to the guns, and they were saying that they, and Disney were actually saying, we're not going to release Black Panther in, in France. Now, you might think that's not very important, but if they stick to that rule and Disney fold, then other governments could start doing the same to protect their own cinemas. And we go back to this thing of years ago where, two years ago to the pandemic where Disney could very well start saying, we're not going to release the films in cinemas. We're going to put them straight onto streaming and we'll charge you £25. We tried to work with cinemas and governments won't let us work to our terms. So we'll just do what we want. Now we've got this global streaming service set up and this could be a, a, a taster for what comes. See, I completely agree with it. I think 
France is one of those countries, not like the UK or America, where we've sold everything off. You know, the 80s and the 90s, we went for 100% capitalism, sold off all our industry, sold off all our business, pushed it all the way to another country. And then we complain as to why there's no jobs. It's like, well, because you've sold it off to everybody offshore. And, you know, I completely and wholeheartedly agree with France, what France are doing. I, you know, it's one of those ones as well where I, I love how the French deal with, you know, any kind of bullshittery from the government. Just fucking down tools. Bang, not working anymore. See you later. And we're all not going to do it now. And then the government just go, uh, okay, we'll give you what you want. And everyone goes back to work. You know, over here, over here, we complain on social media. Oh, fucking Boris, fuck Boris. But then you go to the polls and you still vote for fucking Boris Johnson. And it's like, what the fuck are you doing? You absolute fucking moron. You know, it's just, it, it is beyond, it is beyond stupid. Northern Ireland, Ireland, Scotland, Wales, England, they're all the same. I do not get it. I just, I don't understand people. I must admit, France has got a history of of their lower classes, for want of a better phrase, rising up, rebelling, blocking the system, protesting, downing tools, and, and it gets results. Yep. They've got, they've got a reputation for it, but it works. They get noticed. And yeah, I'm, hey, anyway, look. Is what it is, right? I'm glad you mentioned uh, old Boris Johnson then, because we are going to be doing the wine list now, and we haven't had a wine list in a while. Do you know what? But we've got. <laughs> Do you know what? There's too much. I think I posted on social media. It's just I think I've said it on here before. It's just exhausting. Like it is exhausting. So, so let's explain things to American listeners. You might get. You might already know this. You might not. But basically, over here, we are, you have. Uh, number of different parties, Conservatives, Labour. Conservatives have been in power since 2010, something like that. And they had a general election in 2019. Now, under our constitution, a very wavy, we don't have a big document written in a room with Nicholas Church trying to steal it. We just have a, it's sort of a memorandum of understanding that we have where we just nod to each other and just get it. And you have this general election and whoever gets voted in is in power. And then five years later, they've got to have another one. Now, if you change a leader during that time, you lose power and you gain power with another person and that next person is the prime minister because they are the leader of their political party in the House of Commons. Surely at that point, you would say, we need to have another general election because we didn't vote for that leader. We didn't vote. We didn't vote for the new one. We voted for the old one. We should have a new general election. But legally, they can't. So the new, the new boss comes in. You get a new manager. And they decide to colossally fuck up the whole country's economy in 12 days. Yeah. Because this person, if you don't forget, we're talking about Liz Truss, came into power. The Queen died shortly afterwards, so she was on a two-week fucking holiday just having to shake hands with Prince Cha- uh, King Charles and, and get about her business and keep everything nice and quiet until the Queen were buried. She had 12 days, and in that time, they have tanked the economy. The pound is at the lowest it is against the American dollar, so all of our shit that we're sending abroad costs even more now. And she basically... But it's got nothing said, to do with Brexit. I've had enough. It's, it's got nothing to do with Brexit. It's nothing to do with Brexit. Nothing at all to do with Brexit. So Liz Truss then, uh, she's under immense pressure to quit. The, one of the most humiliating turns of being a prime minister in history it's incredible four weeks 
four weeks. So now somebody else is going to be taking over from them. Now, I've said this all along, and I don't know if I said this to you off off the podcast or on, on an episode Morris, or what, but I've said, you said You said it yeah. on the podcast, and I was going to bring it up. I said it before. Boris is in charge, is under pressure to resign. He doesn't want to resign. He wants to be Churchill. What was Churchill mainly for? He won the war, left, was forced out, and came back and had another successful term. That's what Johnson wants a legacy. So he gets forced out. On his last day of parliament, he says, hasta la vista, baby, which means see you later, see you soon. Not goodbye, not thank you. He's saying, I'm see you soon. So he fucks off to Caribbean. Then when it's coming into the voting for the Tory, Tory new prime minister, it's between Rishi Sunak, who is safe pair of hands, knows what he's doing with the economy. It's a Tory, but you know what? He saved, he saved me being kicked out on the street during the pandemic by the, the money that we were given. But he had so to. I'm, I'm having that. But he had to. I, but I'm taking it. He, he, but he did it, so I'm having it. Yeah, but he had but, to. Or Liz Truss. Or Liz Truss, who the Daily Star newspaper has compared to a lettuce for the last four weeks. Yep. She is just absolutely horrendous. I cannot think why she got into power, other than the fact that Boris Johnson publicly backed her. Now, yes, he had something against Rishi Sunak because Sunak's resignation was the one that forced him out of a job, but he went and backed Liz Truss, the one that came in hired a chancellor to invoke new tax laws, which sank the pound. That chancellor then went to a party with shareholders and stock investors that became mega millionaires off of shorting the pound. And then she resigns and Boris comes back and saves the day. It's a massive fucking con. The whole thing is a fucking con and everybody can see it. I can see it. I think It's all a fucking con, but let's just let's just call you know a spade a spade right here, right? Every single politician is gonna fuck you in the ass. Doesn't matter who it's gonna be. Doesn't matter. I don't get this Boris Johnson shit coming back. I don't. I don't think he will. I don't think he will come back. I think it'll be somebody else, and then I think a general election will be called. But my ire and my anger comes from this one simple thing. This is the consequence of 12 years of Tory rule, what we're living through right now. This has been decisions that have been made through uh, David Cameron, through Theresa May, through Boris Johnson, through Liz Trust, not just them four, through the rest of their parties. They have lined their own pockets. They have glad-handed their way through Fleet Street and glad-handed their way through the commons, giving people peerages and knighthoods and all this stuff, giving their friends jobs, giving their friends money, all the stuff, the PPE stuff going to their family members. They have made billions out of this government and out of its people. They have, there is currently more food banks in the UK, uh, probably than there is uh, supermarkets. You know, they have caused this austerity bullshit. Um, they have killed people by not having food. They have frozen pensioners. They have starved children in schools. They have embarrassed themselves and hit themselves with rakes at every single fucking turn. But you know what? If there was a general election tomorrow, they would probably still be in power. And that, for me, is the most fucking frustrating thing. It is beyond the pale 
that some that people can get away with this. It is beyond the fucking pale that the general public are so fucking sh stupid that they will still continue to vote for these absolute fucking dregs of society. And that's where my anger comes from. I do not think that Labour would do a better job. I do not think the Tories would do a better job. I don't think the Lib Dems would do a better job. There's only one fucking thing for me, and that's blow the fucking thing up. <laughs> blow it to fucking pieces. Metaphorically. Metaphorically. But it, Metaphorically. It, it, is, it, is, it is corrupt from top to bottom. From top to bottom, it is corrupt. All right, maybe not blow it up. You talk, we're talking to Guy Fox. Yes, I'm from fucking, fucking Northern Irish, Ireland. Man. Yes, I'm from Northern Ireland, and I'm saying <laughs> blow up the fucking government. All right. <laughs> Metaphorically. Now, I'm not being racist to you, Carl, but mm. fuck it out. <laughs> Maybe I should run. At this point, are we all getting a go? I think it's my turn soon. Nah, it's my you know turn. Gotta, um, gotta be mine before you're. You know, there's, um, there's a, there a new story from a, a month or two back. Penny Mordaunt's brother lives in Leeds mm -hmm. and he was in court for um, sending young girls pictures of himself and getting them to call him Teddy and wanting to meet up. And of I tweeted course. Penny Mordaunt. <laughs> I tweeted her and asked her if Teddy would be coming to the victory party if she won the prime minister vote, but she never replied back for some strange reason. Of course reason. they were. Of course they were. They're all, yeah. they're all just so corrupt. And it's just like, and like I was having, like this is, a, this is a conversation that I had with someone. I asked someone in work, if you were in England, who would you vote for? And she's like, oh, I probably would end up voting for Liz Truss. I was like, why? Can't trust, can't trust Labour. Why? Oh, I just can't trust them. R right, tell me why. Mm -hmm. mm. You know? No, but don't tell me. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. You know what? This whole cycle, this whole downward spiral into a political oblivion and we're going to be living in the fucking victorian age because of it was 100%. david cameron giving them the brexit referendum when he didn't need to just because he needed to gain the right-wing vote of the yeah. uk to put himself in power theresa may making boris johnson foreign secretary mm -hmm. all he did was create a name for himself he got in front of the cameras and he kept himself at the table she should have just left him on the back bench and he would not have been, it basically forced her out like two years later she made a colossus fuck up there. And then Johnson comes into power and just there is a litany of things that he's done. Anyway, this isn't the Country Wear Blue podcast. This is the Movie Chef podcast. So let's talk about some more about movies and TV, shall we? So last week we had the Movie Chef uh, pod quiz available every week, a bite-sized chunk of trivia uh, to help you uh, get through your working week or whatever you're doing. You can listen to us quiz. Uh, you did very well on the last week's didn't you? 12? I did do. 12 the, best, the best yeah. I've ever got. So do you like, how do you like the new questions, by the way? I like it. I, d I didn't like the old format because obviously uh -huh. it all comes back to the Mark Anthony question. Uh, what are the char which character did the play? Yeah, yeah so we're going to be doing it. that. But again, if anybody's got any, uh, if anybody's got any questions, they want uh, subjects, they want questions asking on, just tweet us. Hey, Anybody I'm, want any questions that you want us tonight. to put up? <laughs> just any questions? If you know the answer, just tweet us anyway. Anyway, I'm, I'm 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 on my way to enjoy myself tonight, so I'm I'm having a night off, being sober. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to go great. Okay, um, so last week's question was a little trivia. Try not to Google it. You're cheating 
bastards. What connects the following actors? Crispin Glover, Jodie Foster, Katie Holmes. Crispin Glover, Jodie Foster, Katie Holmes. Right, is Crispin Glover's has Crispin Glover's got to do with Charlie's Angels? No. Well, I'm lost. It is then. to do with the role they've played. Then it's to do with the uh, well, he's, to do with the role they've all played. He's only been George McFly. Okay. And Katie Holmes was Martin McFly standing. Okay. <laughs> and who was the other one? I thought you had this look in your eye that you'd got the right answer. You're Jody like, Foster. Uh, Jody Foster played Biff Tannen. Who did Jody Pl- Foster play famously? The prostitute and taxi driver. Okay, so the answer to the question, what connects the following actors, Crispin Glover, Jodie Foster, Katie Holmes, is they have all starred in movies, which was the part was then recast in the sequel. Crispin oh, Glover was in Back to the Future. Jeffrey Wiseman got him. Uh, Why did we friend talk of to the him? show, friend friend of the show, Jeffrey Reisman. Crispin Glover played George McFly, and he was recast as Je- with Jeffrey Reisman in the role. Jodie Foster was Clarice Starling in Silence of the Lambs. She was recast with Julianne Moore. Katie Holmes, uh, Batman Begins, recast with Maggie Gyllenhaal in The Dark Knight. I was also going to throw in Terrence Howard. Uh, I definitely would have got it then. I would have got it then. That would that would have been too easy. Thanks for that. That would have been far too easy. So to uh, subscribe to us, it all comes out on the same channel, the Movie Pod Quiz, uh, short little fifteen minute episodes. Um, tweet us your scores at Pod Movie Chef, and you can find us on Facebook, the Movie Chef Podcast. But we don't do very much on there. So one thing I wanted to talk about last week, and I think you've had a chance to watch it and digest it now, is the. Disney Plus uh, Werewolf by Night, a Marvel special feature. Um, 50 minutes of um, a kickback to the old action adventure, black and white hammer horrors of yesteryear with a Marvel spin. Um, and it follows a, a man who's been brought in with a number of other monster hunters to a, a one night ritual where they have to hunt down a monster within a, a confines of a, an estate after a uh, a, a curse of a bloodline stone as such was made available after the death of the leader of the old monster hunters. Anyway, long and short of it is it's introducing new characters and not taking six, seven, 12 episodes to do it. It's short, it's sharp, it's great storytelling. Um, and I had a lot of fun with this. What about you? An utter fucking joy. A 15 minute utter joy. I think people are, People are going to be really, really upset with me because I usually just fucking hate a lot of stuff. Um, but I absolutely loved it from start to finish. I love the kind of noirish kind of look of everything. Um, I thought that the story was just simple. Here's the story. This is what we're doing. Bada bing, bada boom. See you later. Bye. And it was just, it was like, it was brilliant. Gail uh, Garcia Burnell. I thought, I, now, I seen him first thing and I went, right, he's he's obviously the werewolf because he's the biggest name on the fucking card. Um, yeah, yeah. But I'm also, yeah, yeah. So I'm also sitting there thinking he's way too big to just be in a 50-minute 
snapshot on a Marvel bit. So I'm thinking, and do you know what? This might be the good thing. What have we been saying for the last year that these new run of Marvel movies are just, you know, going to be snapshot movies and they're going to see what sticks. So maybe it is worth more just creating a story, having your characters there, putting something big in it. Do you know what? If it's good, yeah, let's go. Because at the end of this, yeah. uh, at the end of this uh, 50 minute, whatever it was, uh, me and the missus looked at each other and, my, and I said there, I could definitely watch 10 more episodes of that. That's what I was thinking at the time. Why have we got six, 12 episodes of She-Hulk, mm-hmm. which we're going to talk about in a bit, um, and 50 minutes of this? But, What's that old saying? Leave the audience wanting more. And I thought that was great. I yes. thought it, it left. I want to see more of Jack and Ted. Mm-hmm. I want to see that relationship. That's the new Rocket and Groot for me. Ge- genuine, genuine heart, genuine love, genuine friendship. You know, they look after each other. You know, and even that that kind of juxtaposition of black and white going into color as well. You know, it just yeah. it, it it hit on everything and hit on every single beat. I think I think you're right. Jack and Ted need to have their own TV show. I either their own TV show or I'm very, now I've seen enough of them that I want to see more, and I'd be quite happy for them showing up in Blade or whatever. Yeah, and do you, th- do you think that do you think that this is what that is? They're trying to introduce the a, a monster world, and so they're going to introduce these characters and maybe into the Blade. Uh, You've introduced werewolves cannon. and monsters. You introduce werewolves and monsters into the MCU. What goes with werewolves and mummies? Mm-hmm. Vampires. You need to introduce vampires for something for Blade to kill. And it's perfect. Yeah. It's just letting you know there is that side of the universe. Now, if this had failed miserably, done absolute shit, then you're in this situation where you can just pull it and say, look, it was a one-off. We told a story and we move on. Now people love them two characters so much. Even if they just show up in, at the end of the Kang Dynasty or in Secret Wars, where them two appear, it's a massive pop because people are looking forward to seeing them. Mm. I really do think they're going to show up in something like Blade or um, the, well, it could be anything, really, to be totally honest. I've got no idea. But we're going to look at the upcoming sort of slates. But there's, I, there's lots I, to go at. I would say Blade. I would say Blade. Um, because, again... When you see uh, Gail Garcia Bernal in something that is as minuscule as a 50 minute, you know, snapshot, whatever it is, TV show, like I, and straight away, as soon as I seen him, I said to Rachel, he's way too big to just to be in a 50 minute thing. And, you know, I might add as well, Laura Donnelly, uh, who is in it, who played uh, yep. Bloodstone's daughter, again, she, I don't know why, but she was absolutely perfect for that kind of black and white um, kind of nuance. She has that kind of look uh, of, a, of a old black and white star. Before we move on from um, Banal, he was in a film, uh, 2002, I think it was, Amoris Peros, 2000 it came out. Amoris Peros by Alejandro Inuato, one of his first films set in Mexico. Um, foreign language film but it is absolutely incredible. It came out before Crash. It was, it's one of these films that revolves around sort of the three di- different narratives that revolve yeah. around one central point of a story. But the way it's told, how it's told, the stories that are told, please, if, if you get the opportunity to see a Morris Peros, do so, because that is fantastic. So. You're missing out, you're missing out as well on Way Too Mama Tambien. So exactly, uh, there's so many. Alfredo Cor- uh, Alfonso Cuarón's movie, and 
uh, Diego Luna from Andor as well was in that. So it's Diego Luna and Gil Garcia Bernal. I think next week we need a menu or maybe the week after because we've got something coming up next week, which we're going to tell you about very soon. Um, what about a menu of films not in the English language? Ooh, yeah. Okay. Very good. So uh, we will take you on a culinary delight of <laughs> tastes of the nations. Uh, Werewolf by Night, yeah, absolutely wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Like I said, told a great story. And it was... it. it, it use the fact that it's streaming very well in the fact that it stretched the TV 14 with the violence in it as well. It mm -hmm. probably got away with a bit more violence, partly because it's in black and white. You don't show yeah. blood, you get away with a lot of that with Tarantino, BBFC Tarantino did. Tarantino did. It went, Tarantino turned um, the crazy 88 fight in Kill Bill black and white because of the amount of blood on screen. Now, it, it, it even goes back in, the BBFC are quite specific about things such as blood. You can show aliens getting shot with green blood coming out if they had red blood coming out the bbfc had to turn it up to a 15 rather than a 12a so because they're on tv a tv 14 is more closer to a 15 or a rated r in america not quite as bad in terms of the language and sex but the violence and the fact this were black and white they got away with a lot more and i think it just made it a lot more grown up and compared to some of the other stuff so this is very much coming close to the end of marvel phase four now let's have a quick rundown of the films and TV shows that have been out and I want to know your thoughts I'm going to give my thoughts I'm talking one sentence on each because we haven't got all night okay. generally you'll get a word a you'll content. get one word Black Widow average released far too late should have come out after Civil War um, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings very enjoyable Yep, uh, the Avengers in good hands of the uh, the director of that, who I can never pronounce the name of. Eternals? Boring. Boring. Mediocre at best. Um, big misstep for Marvel. Spider-Man No Way Home? Very good. Very good. Ticked all the right boxes. Ticked the boxes that Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness should have ticked, but yet we've since learned that Marvel's longer-term plan is to have more of these multiverse incursions. So was Doctor Strange just teasing us with the potential? But it was a letdown for me of what they teased beforehand. Yeah. Disappointing. <laughs> yeah. Thor, Love and Thunder? It had its moments. I, it's a 50-50 movie for me, right? 50% yeah. of it was, was real bad, and 50% of it was really enjoyable. I think there's one Thor film, Dark World, that everybody would be happy to skip when they're doing their rerun of all the Marvel films. I think if it for me, I'm watching the Thor films again. I won't be bothered about watching Thor: Love and Thunder. It just again wasn't for me. I would I would be watching Dark World before Love and Thunder. And we're going to finish uh, Phase Four on November the 11th with the release of Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Um, looks good. Um, I'm looking gonna forward. Great yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to big books. Two hours forty, just twenty minutes shorter than Endgame. Is it too much? Uh, we'll see in a couple of weeks' time. Um, oh, it's a shame I'm not over when Black Panther's out. We could have gone to see it together and, and recorded, recorded the film <laughs> and streamed it live to YouTube. Um, and again, we've had a massive influx of TV since the dawn of Disney Plus. So, One Division, bad. Yeah, um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. 
Mm, all right. Uh, take it or leave it, but that last that last episode, the big fucking talk down he did to all the yeah. governments and senators and stuff was just too much. And it just it was just, but you didn't need it because we already knew it was setting Sam up to be Captain America. Sam was already Captain America. Yeah, I just uh, the whole premise of it is his skint. I mm. do not believe that Pepper Potts mm. would not give every Avenger. Let's not a get back dollars. into this conversation again. Oh, you were in the you were in the Battle of Wakanda, did you? And you got blipped, right? Okay. So Tony is not and setting up accounts for all these Avengers. All right. Tony was a multi-billionaire, right? And Pepper had all of his money, and somebody she fought side by side with to kill Thanos and defeat him and save the universe. And she didn't just go to every one of them. It is a million dollars. Just look after yourselves. You're Avengers now. You're see, so you're Bullshit. looking. You're looking past this. Maybe, maybe she did, and they said no. Uh, and then he went to the bank to get a loan to buy his boat. Well, this is way after. Loki. Thoroughly enjoyable. And I am looking yep. forward to a second season. And more pivotal to the ongoing saga than uh, I think we realised at the time. Yeah. In terms of what it means for, for setting things up. What if the animated series, you watched them all? I have watched them all. Um, enjoyed a few. I thought a couple were very boring and nonplussed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, C plus. I watched the Doctor Strange one. Uh, I watched the first one. Watched a couple of others, but the, the main one I watched it for was the Doctor Strange one, mm-hmm. just so I knew what was going on in Multiverse of Madness. Uh, Hawkeye. Yeah. I haven't watched it. Yeah. That was a TV show. Mm-hmm. You want to watch Hawkeye? Still haven't watched. Don't it. need to. Um, <laughs> There's there's a there's a young girl Hawkeye now. All right, that's and he, all he goes, And he goes to a cos, yeah. And he goes to cosplay in the park. Yeah, it does. It does uh, no, role it. play. Oh, that's you've just explained it there to me now. Yeah, you've just explained it. There's a young girl Moon Hawkeye Knight. now. All right, Moon, <laughs> Moon Knight. Uh, uh, first couple of episodes were boring. Uh, middle couple of episodes were super weird. Uh, last couple of episodes kind of saved it. Uh, enjoyed it. But should have been. But can we say, can we say something about Oscar Isaac's accent? It's fucking horrible. He needs he needs oh, to work on that. What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? I'm Oscar Isaacs. Apples I, and pears. I live in King's Cross in London in a massive fucking flat. I've got a huge fucking loft flat, and I've just been fired from a part time job in a museum. But obviously, this is all real. Ms. Marvel. Uh, Sorry, really? last one. Moon. Moon Knight should have been a 50 minute feature. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ms. Marvel. I haven't watched it. Haven't watched a minute of it. Um, from what I gather from reading well, I will, about but it. But I will, I will, I will, I will. Oh, can I spoil it for you? Go for it. Captain Marvel's back on Earth. There's mutants now. Okay. That's, I think that's what they've, that's that what we've <laughs> uh, She Hulk, attorney at law. I had a conversation with, with the missus last night and okay. I said it was just after watching Werewolf at Night and I looked at her, looked at my loving well, like partner the in the eyes <laughs> I looked at her and I looked at her in her, her eyes her puppy dog eyes I said, darling we're probably going to have to watch She-Hulk because I'm going to have to talk about it on the podcast at some point and she said it's probably a Cormac TV show. And that was it. 
conversation over. Rachel had one episode, and that is it. I would no. Then again, I was going to say I would have thought, but no, I don't think that's a Rachel TV show at all. No, no, and she's just point blank. It's just not happening. Like I, like I, she will need now. The problem in our house is I would generally go to bed first, and Rachel sits up. So I, I, I I'm going to have to find some time to watch She Hulk. I'm an old man. I need my sleep. Um, I have watched 10 minutes of it and I read some spoilers. I just can't be bothered with it. Well, I'm really not. It'll just annoy me. Hold back on the spoilers. I've watched an episode. I, I will more than likely watch an episode tonight because Rizzo is not here. So I'm going to go out on the town and watch She-Hulk. From what I gather, there's one episode in particular where, do you remember like this Kevin Smith's got this habit of using his own internet um, criticisms in mm. the films to, you know, apparently there's a, a bit like that. I think they did the similar, I can't remember what film it was, but there was some reason, oh, The Matrix, where they were talking about the comments about the first film or something. Mm. Anyway, they do a mm. thing where they talk about criticism online for She-Hulk, okay. but it's actually the real-life criticisms of the Disney Marvel TV show. You know what I mean? So okay. and they go, oh, she shouldn't be a woman and this, that, and the other stuff. Not, not, an, not anything to do with her being a woman It's just shit Really bad, badly acted And really crap writing There's, Like I said there's, there's two things that happen in it That I think you need to know And, and it just annoys me now that I'm going to go see a film next year I'm going to go see the Marvels I'll see the Marvels at the cinema I'm not yeah. bothered for it but I'll probably go see it But there's going to be shit happens in it And people turn up Oh I ain't got a clue who they are and what they're doing Because I didn't okay. see them as Marvel Mm-hmm. So it, there's, it's now got to that stage with, and that's where these franchises start to fall down because we were putting money in the tail, and then what's going to happen is I'm going to look at the next Marvel film and go, I'm not going to bother going to see that one at the cinema because I ain't seen She-Hulk, and if She-Hulk's in it, I'm not going to bother. And I think now it's like you're forcing people to watch every single s- snippet of information you've got, or else you're going to miss out. Yeah. It's fear of missing out, so you've got to watch everything. So. But having said that, I'm looking at Marvel Phase 5 and I will see every single one of those at the cinema without doubt. So, yeah. Yeah, they've got me. Right. Should we do this? <laughs> Paul, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to enjoy this. I've got notes. Okay. I've got notes. Come on. 20 years ago, a movie was released. It's directed by Danny DeVito. Mm-hmm. Sit down, children. Let me tell you the story about Death to Smoochie. Now, me and you saw this. When did we get this? Did we rent it? Or was it on telly? Did we go? Surely rented. we didn't put money in the cinema to go see it, this. It was it was rented because I can't I can't remember it ever being in a cinema where I was because I can tell you right now, I would have went to see it in the cinema. Tell us about Death to Smooch. Tell us what it's about. It just ticks all my boxes. So long story short of Death to Smoochie. So Robin Williams is a child TV star called Rainbow Randolph, and he has his own TV show. Um, He is sacked from his TV show because he is selling basically tickets to kids' uh, parents so they can be in the front row or be involved with Rainbow Randolph on stage. Um, the TV 
uh, production company decide that they need somebody who is cleaner than clean, whiter than white, uh, and they go and they find Smoochie in a heroin rehabilitation clinic. Uh, <laughs> and he is a pink dinosaur who sings his own made up tunes, uh, played by Ed Norton. Sorry, Rainbow Randolph is obviously played by Rob Williams. Uh, but Ed Norton plays uh, Sheldon Moops or Smoochie, uh, as we say. Um, and I just think that. Death of Smoochie is fucking brilliant from start to finish. <laughs> I loved it. I, I like, I genuinely, genuinely, from the first scene, I remembered the first scene. I remembered, you know, Catherine Keener going into the heroin clinic and all the junkies lying around and Ed Norton singing the songs. Like, it is, if you go into every scene, it is pitch black. You know, Danny DeVito does a very, very, very good job when he's making movies. And I think it's to do with everything. Everything is just black. It's just if you watch Throw Mama from from a train, um, you know, you know what I'm talking about. He tries to put the the worst in every single scene. Um, love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> I love it. You know what? I'll give something for Danny DeVito's direction, right? I'll give it something for his direction. I'm going to be really boring here, right? But you see a lot with camera angles. Spielberg did it perfectly with E.T. So all the camera angles were from children's height, looking up or looking across. So you get the feel that you are a child in that world. Danny DeVito does it great with this because every time you're in with Smoochie in a conversation where somebody's got control over him or trying to exert control over him. All the cameras are looking down to Smoochie, even though he's probably towering over them. He's a much taller person than pretty much all the, the people. All the camera angles looking down on him and looking up at everybody else. It's this childlike essence of Smoochie that is yeah. getting across just with his camera direction. Having said that, the focus of the person is Ed Norton. Now, <laughs> 20 years ago, I probably found this hilarious. I did find it hilarious, okay? I'm watching again. And Ed Norton is not a comedy actor. And what? I'll argue this point, right? I'll argue this point. Ed Norton's character isn't a comedy foil. Ed Norton's character is to be the guiding light of this movie because everyone around him, Sheldon Smoochie, he is the whiter than white. He never fades. He never shudders. He is always the good guy he sees the best in everyone he sees the best in everything and the only the only thing he is invested in in this movie or, or sorry in the, his tv show it's not making money it's not making. it's just making everybody's life good and that's the that's why i like that side of the movie because everything else is pitch fucking black the world around ed norton and smoochie is pitch black he could turn at any point you know he could he could do the whole fucking psychopathic thing you know he could turn you know he could turn on it but he never ever ever does it's the world around him that does so you know i was watching his performance there and i'm thinking what has it done before this so just before this he'd done the score he'd done fight club he'd done american history x so he'd gone into this comedy and i'm thinking who does he remind me of and i read imdb and it hit me Jim Carrey was originally cast in this film. He would have mm -hmm. been playing Smoochie. I See, think Danny I, I DeVito read, said to I, Ed Norton, I think Danny DeVito said to Ed Norton, give me Jim Carrey. His mannerisms, his facial expressions, the, he's trying to be this rubber-faced comedian. He's trying to express himself. And I just got distracted by it so much, just thinking, you're not pulling it off, Ed. 
I, I just well, maybe I've well, obviously I've changed. Well, Paul, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a muggy here, right? Because Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey was Rainbow Randolph. Oh, was he? Mm-hmm. So who would have been better? Jim Carrey in 2002. Jim Carrey. It works better with Robin Williams. Tur- Jim Carrey turned down Rainbow Randolph to go and try and win his Oscar at the Majestic. Jesus, okay. But, but yeah, definitely. So Ed, Norton, Ed Norton was all. Ed Norton was always in this movie. Oh, oh listen, I don't care. I don't care what anyone says, right? And I will. I think I said this to you in the podcast a few weeks ago. I genuinely, genuinely believe that this is the best Robin Williams performance, bar none. Better than Mrs. Doubtfire. Paul, I, I, I don't think you heard me there. I think. This is the best Robin Williams performance, bar none. He is manic. He is fucking insane. Even what dreams may come. <laughs> well, Mr. Bionicle, what was the fucking name of Bicentennial Man? That's Bicentennial Man. Patch Adams. Patch, Patch Adams. Adams. It's a close. It's a close <laughs> third to Patch Adams. Uh, but, but yeah, look, I'll um, no. I okay. Yes, I will agree there. I, okay, maybe not the best. No, it? it's definitely one of his. Scene. No, look, listen. No, okay, but he is great in the sense that he's got that manic. Fast talking kids TV show persona, which comes across in everything he does, all the way from sort of Mark and Mindy and all the way mm. through Flubber and all. He's got that kids TV, but then to bring that darkness into it as well, this oh. undercurrent of yeah. of illness bits beneath him, he's excellent at that because I, he really does. He, I think he relishes playing the villain. And and what would have made me so much happier with this film was to have had as much screen time as we had with Smoochie focusing on Rainbow Randall trying to get Smoochie and but just we, having Smoochie show up every so often. But we do and get I've that. I've enjoyed it so much more. I want no, more do. Robin Williams. <laughs> yeah, we do get that. We do get an awful lot of Robin Williams in this movie. But I think where where I get sad thinking about Robin Williams is, you know, me and you are of a certain age where we grew up with Robin Williams and Robin Williams was a massive part of, you know, any movie watching when I was, when I was a kid, you know, comedy wise or other. Um, when you're watching Death of Smoochie, the, the character is so perfect because the character is at rock bottom. The character, Rainbow Randolph is at the point where he's been kicked off the TV show. No. Nobody wants to talk to him. He's been kicked out of the corporate apartment. Um, nobody in the, the production wants anything to do with him because he's toxic. They don't want to touch him. And you can see the despair in, in Rainbow Randolph. And then you kind of think of the dichotomy of Robin Williams' life. You know, he's an addict. He knows it, exactly how it feels to be at rock bottom clawing and looking upwards to try and get someone to give him a bit of help and that's where rainbow randolph is and you know it it is sad to think about it in that way but robin williams plays this character with like he's, he's at rock bottom but he's still trying to fight and get his way up you know the the, the scene where he bakes the cookies and sends them to to the TV show, and they're the all they're all cookies. just cocks. 
Yeah, the yeah. cockship cookies. <laughs> and then, you know, Ed Norton has to think on the fly and go, that's a rocket ship. And all the kids are all happy. You know, every every part of this, the when they're they're in the apartment, when they're kind of figure out who the real bad guys are, um, the scene between Robin Williams and John Stewart in the car where John Stewart basically tells him he doesn't want anything to do with them anymore. Um, genuinely, genuinely, it is an absolute masterstroke from him. And it breaks my heart to think that this movie isn't well received because Roger Ebert said this was the worst movie of 2020 or, or, or 2002. You know, this movie basically sank film four as, a, a, you know, an outlet for making movies. This, this, I think it was a 50 million pound budget that was in this movie and it only made eight. You know, I, I genuinely, genuinely, I, I don't think, I just don't think you get it, Paul. I just don't think you get it. I don't think I get it anymore. I can see why it was, I found it funny originally, but a lot of it has been lost with me because Ed Norton's just grated on me. Maybe I wasn't in the right frame of mind watching it. Maybe it I is see, one of those things that you I was to gonna I was gonna say that you may have went through a wee bit of trauma in the last couple of weeks and you weren't in the right frame of mind to watch Death of Spoochie and Oh yeah, know. a lot of comedies haven't really hit me. Yeah. Let's just have a look. 2002, he said this was the worst film that year, did he? Mm-hmm. Okay. So in 2002 we also had the sweetest thing with Cameron Diaz, which was fucking awful. It was an absolute travesty. We had American Psycho 2 with Mila Kunis. We had fuck Attack of the Clones, Star Wars Attack of the Clones, which, you know, you know how I feel about that one. Um, what else have we had? had <laughs> Not enough sex. Deeds. Not enough sex. There's never enough sex. The Magdalene Sisters, now that one was all right. Phone booth with Colin Farrell. 2002, not a bad year, actually, was it? Um, okay, so let's have a look at this then. I wanted to have a look at Robin Williams in terms of, you know, what he's done at uh, the box office. Now, this only took about 8 million. You said about 8 million something? Yeah. So what do you think was his all-time uh, box office hit, shall we say? What's what's the worldwide biggest worldwide take for a movie starring Robert? Oh, it's Williams? gotta be Doubtfire, hasn't it? It's gotta be Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire is four hundred and forty-one million. So that comes behind. I'm not going to include this one. It's saying it was credited as in the role uh, Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle. Um, that took nearly a billion, but that wasn't a Robin Williams film. It, it would have shown up as Alan Parrish at some point. Night at the Museum. That was more oh, of a Ben Stiller okay. film, wasn't it? With yeah. Robin Williams. Um, Aladdin did five hundred million. Um, and and below there, so basically, he's, a lot of his voice work gets the money, in, and then we're talking Hook Jumanji. He's done some wonderful stuff as Robin Williams. Oh, do you know what? I love him in this. Do I love his. I love I, the fact that when he when he was improvising so much during Aladdin, that they couldn't submit it for best of uh, original screenplay or something because Robin Williams wrote most of the script <laughs> on the fly. And I can imagine this scene that me and you love, where. Um, Randolph's being taken out of the, I think it was out of the offices and he was being led to the police station and there's news people, there's police, there's everyone crowding him. And he is just this constant of, I'm innocent, I'm innocent. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Move away from me. Hey, hey, who are you? And it's just apps, every line coming out of his mouth is a zinger. And what does it end with? Come on. Who touched my ass? Somebody touched my ass. I can't describe. I can't describe how much how much that one phrase probably helped our friendship through the real rough times. Because <laughs> you always do it. You could look at each other and go, "Someone touched my ass." 
the songs, I mean, one thing that kind of disappointed me a little, because I, I remember there being more of the smoochy songs through it, and we had sort of two zingers. What was it? Get get you off that smack. <laughs> My standard stamp, does that mean he's just adjusting? <laughs> and there was another on the TV show, but I, yeah, look, I think a lot of it's been lost on me over time, but I'm gl- I'm glad you like it. Well, do you know what 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 this what this movie uh, and why I loved actually watching this movie again uh, for a number of reasons, obviously because I love the movie, was because I remember how good Robin Williams was, and I'll be honest, as soon as I stopped watching Smoochie, I watched Smoochie with uh, the son and Rachel. Rachel loved it, the wee man loved it, but then I turned around him and I said to my missus, "Have you ever seen the Birdcage?" And Rachel was like, no. And I was like, Ernie, you've obviously never seen the birdcage. He's like, no. And I was like, well, guess what's happening next. So next night we watched the birdcage and I was just reintroduced to the birdcage again. And I'll be honest with you. I, for me, there are, there are some movies, there are some movies that are, that are just perfect. And you get every single character in this movie singing from the same hymn sheet. Hackman, Hank Azaria, um, Robin Williams, and I can't remember his name now. Nathan Lane. Nathan Lane. Uh, just everything about that movie is perfect. It is yeah. a perfect movie. If you get the chance to see Death to Smoochie, please do. Because Dude, you're, a, up, you're a gobshite. It's brilliant. <laughs> Gobshite. Robin Williams is is brilliant in this. Robin Williams is wonderful in this film, as he always is. I think Catherine Keener was good in this movie as well. Yeah, except her character walks in and she absolutely hates Smoochie through the whole thing, but walks in on getting changed and suddenly she's fucking dripping for him and goes chasing him around a monster. We all love just... a bit. Of, we all love a sex pack, Paul. Get over it. Everyone loves a torso. God, I love that torso. Um, anything else to add? No, but watch Death to Smoochie. Watch watch Death to Smoochie. Watch the Birdcage, and then go back and watch Throw Mama from a Train, and then watch Morris Paris, and then watch Morris um, Paris, and wait your mama to the end. <laughs> and then uh, for even next week or the week after, watch the film Infinitum. Infinitum which is on. Infinitum, I can, I'm useless with words. Infinitum Subject Unknown. It's on Amazon Prime. It is a 2021 uh, British science fiction film uh, directed by Matthew, Matthew Butler Hart and stars Tory Butler Hart, Ian McKellen, and Conleth Hill. This is a film that's on, like I say, it's on Amazon Prime. It was filmed during lockdown and it was filmed entirely with iPhones with a two man crew, very small cast. Uh, it's very much an experimental film. Uh, but we urge you to watch that. I have watched it. Very well. Listeners, I Infinitum... Can't be- I can't sub- believe that they filmed on my phone. That, uh, that is just... That is what I'm saying at the minute. Okay. Infinitum, subject unknown. Watch that on Amazon Prime, please. Okay. We've got a pod quiz coming up next week. That's going to be very exciting and very fun. So tune in and subscribe to that one. Uh, I don't know what our next week's episode is going to be. What's next week's episode going to be? Well, do you want to do the well, foreign language? I'm well. I'm going to see Black Adam. 
Oh, Are you going to yes. see Black Adam? Well, I'm going to okay, do this. Next. I'm going to I'm going to say this. I'm I'm hopefully going to see Black Adam on Monday night. But Corm's going to make it a double header. Corm's going to go to the cinema on Tuesday night. I am also going to the <laughs> cinema because on Sunday I'm going to see Black Adam, mm-hmm. and on Wednesday I'm going to see you say it because I can't pronounce it. Would it be the Banshees of Inisherin? Yeah, yes. it's finally out. So I've got my ticket. Um, it's going to be a very lonely affair in the cinema up to now. There's just me and my friend who's booked in, but hell, look, it stretches legs out. Uh, but we're going to see Banshees of Inisherin. So next week, fingers crossed, Black Adam and Banshees of Inisherin, two of the most opposite ends of the spectrum <laughs> films that you can imagine. Diametrically um, opposed movies. And we're going to be talking both of those next week. And then the week afterwards is going to be the live episode, I think. Or we might be waiting a couple of days. Anyway, we'll think of something. We'll probably... Why we didn't we do a quiz say live. We didn't say live, Paul. You gave it away. Oh, like... oh sorry. What about... Um, why don't we do a... Why don't we quiz each other? Why don't we do... On, why don't we on do life, a quiz? on love, or movies? Sorry, no. we do a movie spot. Maybe yeah. a movies, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your darkest... <laughs> Darkest sexual fantasies. I'll be honest, Paul. I'll be honest. There's gonna be there's gonna be a couple of drinks taken on the Tuesday night. So yeah, I don't know if we're gonna be able to quiz quiz each other on movies. No, we will. We're gonna be pissed, and we're gonna do a movie quiz live, sort of unrecorded. No, unrecorded. You know that this is gonna end up one way. We'll play the board game, then we'll end up going. What do you want to watch? And I'll say, let's watch SummerSlam '88 again. <laughs> <laughs> you'll put you'll put WWE on the TV. Then we'll get drunk. Rachel will get annoyed and go to bed. Me and you'll sit and eat Haribo and and talk shit. And yeah, and yeah. yeah. I'll wake up at like six a.m. with your daughter doing a flying diving elbow on me. Yeah. to wake me up. And you know what? There's nothing happier than those times. So I'm looking forward to seeing you. Um, okay. Thanks very much, everybody. Listen to us. If you listen on Spotify, please give us a five-star review. That would be absolutely lovely for just click on the, the little star bit. Somebody else give us a five-star give us a five-star review as well. Thank you very much, whoever you are. Cheers. Um, and if you're on what else? Good pods. Apple, subscribe to us on Good Pods. Good pods. Apple, leave us a review. We always love those. We're whores for those. You know what? Even if you don't want to leave us a review, if you can't be asked, if you're just on Twitter or Instagram at Pod Movie Chef. And just send us a little tweet and tell us you're listening. And, you know, say hello. It'd be nice, that, wouldn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, we're going to go to the cinema. See you, everybody. My stab does not mean he's just adjusting. <laughs> a few liberties with the lyrics. If you figure out the chorus, come on and join on in. Okay. We'll get you off that tackle, yes we will. Oh, we'll get you off that tackle, yes we will. Oh, we're gonna get you off that tackle, we'll kick that monkey right off your back and get your life on track, oh yes we will. It's important to get started now, though. You know why? Cause the smack can lead to crack, oh yes it can. Carl. You know what I'm talking about, brother. Sing it with me now. Give it up, that.